This episode of Spawn is brought to you by Snap Divorce. With Snap Divorce, couples can save tens of thousands of dollars compared to traditional divorce litigation. Snap Divorce makes the entire divorce process as simple as possible for their clients. To learn more about divorce mediation through Snap Divorce, visit snapdivorce.com. That's snapdivorce.com. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we're going to be talking about how to make more time in our lives. We're going to be doing magic, Liz. We're performing magic today. I need magic and I need more time, so this should be good. We're going to be talking to best-selling author Jake Knapp, and I know it's going to be awesome. And as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So Kristen, tell us a bit about our awesome guest. Okay, so so many things happening here, but let's start by saying that Jake is the co-author of the New York Times bestseller Sprint. Every time we have someone on here and we say that, by the way, Liz, I feel like a slacker. I know. I'm like, (laughs) I have a New York Times subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, his newest book, which is why he's here to talk, is called Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. It sounds like it was made for parents, for us, so I'm very excited. Our friend Gretchen Rubin, who we love, called it essential reading for anyone who wants to create a happier, more successful life. And Jake was a time management expert by way of 10 years at Google and Google Ventures. Did you see that, Liz? Yes, fancy. So he helped products like Gmail and, you know, just those things that you might know Gmail and Google Hangouts, like, you know, (laughs) stuff that you might have heard of, listeners. And I love that he's coached teams from Slack, which we use, Uber, which we use, 23andMe, Lego. We definitely use. It's like we're related. (laughs) (laughs) We use all of these things. And what I love most about Jake is that he is currently among the world's tallest designers, and I'm among the world's tallest cool moms. (laughs) (laughs) And we're excited to talk to him about expert tips for making more time and our days, which seems like the perfect topic as we get back into the New Year's. And we're going to figure out ways to spend the limited time that we parents all have more wisely. So welcome, Jake. Oh, well, thank you for that introduction. God, yes, I feel like anything I say now is just going to make me look bad. But we should go on with the interview anyway. But you already did all those things. (laughs) (laughs) You sound great and tall. You sound incredibly tall, Jake. And I really like that about you. I am circus (laughs) tall, actually. Well, how tall are you? How tall are you? I'm six foot eight. So pretty tall. By a most. lot of height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's logic. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm almost six foot tall. Oh, so yeah, that, that's super tall. I'm yes. a perfectly ordinary five five and a half. So I'll just <laughs> look up to you all, literally. <laughs> so listen, we joke a lot about. I think most parents do. We say, "Oh, if we only had more time," and we wish we could yeah. make time. And so now here you are with a book called "Make Time." And so I'm wondering, you know, you were a time management expert, but I'm curious about how that quest started and how it became the book that I'm looking at right now. Yeah, well, this all goes back to being a parent, really. And when I got really interested in time was when my older son, Luke, was born 15 years ago. I was 24, 25 years old, and I was just getting started figuring out my career. And I remember like going back to the office and having this realization that every day at the office, I was missing a day with my baby, with Luke, you know, Mm -hmm, and I wanted to make that time count. So I kind of set out on this quest to be as productive as possible. And over the next decade, I was just 
just trying to do everything I could to become a productivity machine. I got this job at Google eventually, and I'm working on Gmail. I'm processing hundreds of emails a day of my own email. And I even taught a class to my fellow Googlers on email management. I just became such a like intense dork about productivity. <laughs> I thought I had kind of everything figured out. And I thought like having my inbox empty every day and being on top of like every single to-do was success. But then one night in 2012, I was at home with my son, Luke, and my other son, Flynn, who was a baby at the time. And we're playing wooden trains on the floor. And then I hear this voice from a distance saying, Dad, why are you looking at your phone? Uh. And, you know, I was defensive at first. I'm like, I'm an important <laughs> person with, you know, emails. But, you know, I didn't even know why I had taken the phone out. We, it was like, we have been there. I've been there. I know our listeners yeah. have been there. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you've been there too. It's like Bilbo Baggins puts on the ring because it's calling to him, you know, from his pocket. I don't even know why. It's just, it's <laughs> That's just amazing. Voice. That's actually like one of the best analogies we've heard because it's so true. We kind of say like the siren call. There's something about it that we just were like, we have to pick it up. I know. You could throw it off a million foot cliff into the water and I'd be like, my precious. (laughs) Diving after it. (laughs) I was so angry at my, you know, at the phone, but also just at myself because I'm like everything I've been doing to try to do everything faster, to try to be more productive, to react more quickly, to get every email responded to instantly. It's just turned me into like this monster. Like I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just reacting all the time. Mm. And so I deleted like every distracting app off of the phone, but I realized there's way more than the phone to it. I had the wrong mindset and um, I realized being productive just meant I was kind of reacting to other people all the time. And I was following these sort of defaults, just giving my time and attention away. And if I wanted to be the kind of parent I wanted to be and the kind of person I wanted to be, I needed to renegotiate my relationship with technology and with my colleagues and redesign my days. So that's where the quest for make time started. I love that. <laughs> Negotiate your relationship with technology. That's yeah. a great set of words. I love where this is going. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm also afraid of where this is going because Liz has two kids. I have four kids. And like we say, we have six kids between us that we know that of. We know of. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. But I'm definitely the person who is like wants to cross everything off the to-do list, wants to make sure my emails are like done by the end of the day. And I find your book fascinating because this whole like multitasking, trying to do all of these things is is really not as productive as we think it is. Yeah. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. So talk a little bit about those four components. So when people get your book, because they are, they're going to be able to find it everywhere. <laughs> they buy books. You break it down. First of all, it's such an easy read. There's illustrations, which is awesome. I just felt like it was really easy to get through. I didn't feel judged. It was like, take what you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if this is going to work for you, great. If this isn't, skip over it. But there were definitely four components. Talk about those in how they fit into this model that you follow. Yeah, so the four things are highlight, laser, energize, and reflect. The four things you do every day. And my background is designing software products. So I kind of think about like, how do I design this system to make it as easy for myself as possible? So that's where this idea of these four things comes, because just to make it simple. So the first thing is the highlight. And the highlight is about choosing the one thing that matters the most each day. I think about this like if I imagine the day is over and I'm looking back at the day, like what do I want to say the highlight oh, was? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like sometimes it'd be like a work project that like I really need to focus on and it'll be satisfying to look back and say, yeah, I made progress on that. That reminds me. I used to have this quote on a post-it on my bulletin board for years when I was in an office and it said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Mm. And it just reminds oh, yeah. me of that, mm-hmm. that like each day adds up. 
and look back at each day and say, what did I do this day? That's really profound. And I like the word choice, by the way. I don't want to break your flow here, but I think semantics matter. Break away. Because it's not goal. It doesn't feel like it's a direction. It really feels... It's not feels... like accomplishment. Yeah, it like... feels softer <laughs> to me. Like, I'm a writer. Highlight. So is Kristen. So we're very into like the synonyms and picking the right one. Highlight. We like. Very good. It totally matters because it it's how you frame it. Look, I, you know, I'll just come clean right now. You could read that whole book and you could say, I've heard all this stuff somewhere else before. Because there's so much stuff out there. What I'm hearing when people read this and they find it useful, it's just because it's in a more usable package yes. where it feels less mm-hmm. stressful. That's the hope with that term is that you'll feel like, yeah, this is what I want to have happen. I'm excited about this. Okay, so second thing, laser. Laser is just about eliminating distraction when you're doing that thing. A lot of people talk about technology distraction these days, but unfortunately, I feel like there's not a lot of concrete solutions offered out there. Right. And that's one place where I think the Make Time book is really strong. We have like 44 different tactics for getting control over those distractions. And you can kind of choose the ones you want to try. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And we have a tech website called Cool Mom Tech, and we actually did a whole screen addiction series where we mentioned some of the things. So we're like, same brain here with some of the things that you mentioned, but wow, there are so many to choose from. And I know I can speak for Liz here when I say like when someone's just like, these are the four things that will work. Good luck to you. Then you kind of get like, I'm not going to try any of those. Like you can't tell me what to do. (laughs) So when you give us a buffet, if you will, of things to try, I think it really acknowledges that every person is different. Some people work on social media, so you really can't eliminate all your social media apps, but you can do these other things. And I also like the word because it makes me think of Austin Powers. Well, that's important. (laughs) Laser? (laughs) Laser. I think of laser cats. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Like shooting lasers out of their eyes. Wherever the lasers come from, as long as they're pointed at what you want, that's the key. So the third thing is energize. Energize is just a bunch of tactics for maintaining physical and mental energy. You can't really talk about this idea of focus without thinking about your physical energy. It's, It's really important. And it's all about the highlight, you know, so making sure you're not too tired to enjoy that highlight when it happens. Well, an important one, too, because self-care, you know, and I like how you didn't use self-care. You used energize. It's a different way of looking at it. And I think we've heard self-care so much that either people are like, ugh, whatever, you know, it just it doesn't even register or people have preconceived notions of what self-care yeah, is. Yeah, they always think it's about taking a bath or getting a pedicure. Always. A woman. <laughs> it's like getting your nails done or sitting in a bubble bath. So I like how you approached that subject. And I think it's important, especially for parents, because this is one area that I think if we've got our highlight and we know how to get to it, we give everything to our focus and we don't take care of ourselves. Totally. I think it can be helpful to remember that by taking care of yourself, by energizing, you actually give yourself the opportunity to do a better job at your job. You know, you you can be a better parent if you have more physical energy. And so taking that time to do whatever it is for yourself can give you an immediate reward that same day. It doesn't have to be about long term or some abstract thing. It's like an immediate thing, which is a big part of it. So the last part is reflect. And this is simply a matter of like looking back at the day, noticing what really turned out to be your highlight. Sometimes it changes, whether you had the attention and the energy for it and what you might try tomorrow. And so it's kind of like an experiment on yourself, like on one hand, but it's also a reminder to be kind to yourself Mm because sometimes things don't work out. And hey, that's just one day, one experiment. Try again tomorrow. 
I think that's very encouraging. And really, I just love the idea of each day is a new day. Yes. Because I think we beat ourselves up a lot about setting these huge goals, especially now that it's January and everybody's still yeah. in New Year's resolution landia. And we're all like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, work out three times a week, totally change my diet, spend more time with my kids and put away my phone. <laughs> and I think when we bite off, no, really, I mean, don't we all kind of do that? You have this list in your head of all the things you want to fix. And I think when it's so big and overwhelming, we either do none of it or we fail. We set ourselves up to fail. And then we're like, that's it. I'm not capable of change. I can't possibly like, do anything else. And so I think the idea that you've kind of broken it into these like little bites that you can handle and that each day you can reflect on what you achieved, what you didn't, what you want to do better. It just makes it so much more manageable to me than thinking of this like great year long list of things I must do or I'm a failure. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, I just talked about these four steps, right? Oh, these are the four steps, how it works. Like you don't, have to do them every day. You know, some days you won't do it. Some weeks you mm -hmm. might go by when you don't do it. Right. And then when you feel it's helpful to you, you just come back and do it again. And it's not like you're in or out or, you know, it's just a, a thing that you can do to help sometimes. I think one of the biggest problems for me, and I think this is reinforced all the time, either implicitly or it's just hidden in society, is these super high expectations that we have for ourselves and other people have for us. And a lot of that stuff can be dialed back. And I think when it's dialed back, then really good stuff starts to come out of that. I like that. Giving ourselves permission to take it easy. And I think we're all performing, I'm going to say all, but a lot of us are performing at such a high level that even when we dial it back, it's still getting stuff done. It's not like we suddenly are like yeah. not getting anything done for a week, which is kind of funny. I think it's black and white, right? It's either like all or nothing. And I like the idea of there being a gray area where you're still getting stuff done, but we're not running ourselves ragged in the process. Uh, not beating ourselves up, as you said. Yes, Jeff. Like I think exactly. there's so much guilt with this, especially for parents. It was different when I was like just a single employee and that was all I had in my life. And time management meant really more time for those pedicures. But like <laughs> once you have kids and you have so much more on your plate, you have people that actually need you, little people that are relying on you or for you, I guess they're taller little people. <laughs> but the guilt factors in and just the idea of having a system like this where we can maybe do a little better, manage our time a little better and not kill ourselves in the process. I think that also takes away that guilt issue as well as the time constraints. Okay, so can I ask you about highlights? Because I'm trying to figure out w what it would be. Because all I can think about, honestly, is work. So is that, I mean, is, do you say like my highlight today will be work? Or do you say a specific project? Like how would you go about making your highlight? Great question. Okay. So if you take nothing else away from listening to this, if you just try the highlight thing, you know, okay. you don't have to buy the book or anything like just do that. It is, I think, the most helpful oh, thing. We're going to make people buy the book, Jake. Okay, Let's good, be good, honest good. here. <laughs> people still need to get the book. <laughs> make time. How to focus on what matters every day at a store near you. And I hate it because actually my co-author came up with this sort of structure. It's not even me, but I have to admit it's the best thing in the book. But the highlight, okay, so it's like 60 to 90 minutes. That's one thing that I think is really helpful. So it's not a to-do, but it's not like a big giant goal. It's like in between. And that's one of the keys. Let's take work, for example, because sometimes that's simpler to start with. So maybe it's like, I need to make this presentation, like a presentation. I can make meaningful progress. I could like get in the zone and work on it for like 60 to 90 minutes, you know, or maybe it's like this one really important meeting and I'm going to make that my highlight, but it's like one sort of big thing 
It's not your whole day usually, you know, it's not gonna be just one little small to-do. It's like a chunk of stuff because the idea is to really focus, to really get in the zone on that thing. And that kind of focus is often really hard to get. So mm-hmm. that's another that's another part of it. It makes me think of, and tell me if this is correct use of the idea of highlights. You know, like when my partner comes home at the end of the day, he'll be like, how was your day? And it makes me think in a quick minute, like it was great. I was really productive. I did this one big thing I wanted to do. Or there are some days where I'm like, I, and I kind of am like, what did I do today? Like, yeah, I know I was yeah. busy. And that's kind of <laughs> yes. what pops in my mind when I think about highlights. Like, what's the one thing where I go, it was great. I accomplished X versus yes. I don't know, but I was at the computer a lot. <laughs> totally, totally. God, and I've had so many of those days when even when I knew like the most important thing to do today is to write this email or like this blog post or like whatever, like I know the most important thing to do and I somehow procrastinate all day long and I'm like, I don't even know what I did, but somehow I didn't do the thing. Yes, like, okay. Liz, this is your thing. <laughs> this is like so, I mean, it's perfect for me too, but I feel like sometimes, especially with like cool mom picks and like we're juggling so many things totally. that we're like, okay, we've got to call our tech person and then we've got to like do Pinterest and then Twitter, but like what's the one post that we really needed to get done or we needed to finish up this guide or, or whatever. Or the one meeting or the one podcast guest that we really needed to schedule finally or. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, there's I like love 8 this. million like small things, but I, I don't know. I really, I'm very inspired. Okay. Well, yeah, it's kind of reverse engineering the day. Like thinking like, what would be an awesome day if I was, you know, looking back? Okay, now, like if I know what that thing is, then I'll like look at my calendar. I'll see when it can happen. Maybe I push some stuff out of the way a little bit. But I'm starting to like be proactive with my day instead of reactive. That's kind of the core idea. But, you know, choosing it, like you said, like it's kind of tough to figure out sometimes what that is. Sometimes it's easier to know in the work life side of things where the most obvious priority is. So that's a good place sometimes for people to, you know, the first few times they Mm -hmm. set a highlight, maybe just focus on work. Totally fine. It's really great if you can go beyond just the urgency, though. Like sometimes the urgent thing is what you need to make the highlight. But I really like the words satisfaction and joy, you know, looking for something that would make me feel really satisfied or or even joyful about the day. Like sometimes for me, it's just like today I organized this thing in my home that I've been meaning to do. Or, you know what, I finally like took care of all those insurance forms that have been lying around for ages. Yeah. Or I finally found a dentist for my kid, which has been hanging over me for four months or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. it doesn't just have to be about work. Yeah, I think this I like works that. so well for parents because there are so many things on our mind that we feel like are on that kind of never-ending checklist that's like an LED loop in my mind, like a Wall Street ticker, where I just feel like I just keep scrolling past all these same things over and over. And sometimes when I could just pick one and be like, if I do nothing else, I'm doing this, I feel really good. And it may not even be a big thing. It just may have been something that was big in my head because I put it off for so long. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes even to the parenting thing, like sometimes you'll do something that has been hanging over your head and it wasn't urgent, but it's just like so satisfying to get it done that it unlocks this energy. Like now you have like creative energy or like, just like, I feel like I'm more present with my kids or whatever, because that thing's like off my chest. That could be huge. Sometimes it's like one of my sons is like homesick today. So I know I'm going to be caring for him. If I make the highlight of my day, like we're going to be reading Harry Potter together, you know, then I know in my mind, like the most important thing, if nothing else happens today, like if I don't get to the writing work I'm supposed to do today, or if I get behind on my email or whatever, but 
I really am respectful of that moment with him and like I'm all in for that time. I'll feel so good at the end of the day. Like that would be mm. enough. I love that. It doesn't mean other stuff can't happen, but sure, it sure. just means you give respect to that one thing. I really like that. And my, my daughters are a little older. They're 11 and 13. And my younger daughter, she loves so much that I will watch the trash series with her that she enjoys. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars. So she made me start watching this show. It's so special to her. And it's like not a big deal out of my day, you know, time-wise. It's a half an hour or yeah, so. Yeah, it's not. And That's it, what's and so it's, funny. And yeah. it's not as like, you know, ooh, I'm reading Harry Potter to them. You know, it's like not, it's not <laughs> like literary or even like that important from an educational standpoint. It's just together time. And you know what? Like now that you mention it, I feel really satisfied and joyful when I have that short amount of time that I can dedicate to her. Just to be with her alone, not with her sister and watch like some terrible episode of really inappropriate high school girls doing awful things to each other. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> totally. No, I mean, sometimes it's I'm staying up late with my 15 year old playing Mario Kart. And like that could be the highlight. It yes. doesn't have to be like sophisticated or anything like it's just it's just what's the most important thing. What's the most important connection or whatever. I love how you're reframing it because I get a lot of satisfaction from being done with my to do list. Right. Or like making sure all my emails are done. But what's interesting is that like there's always going to be more emails and to do lists. It's like not like you finished your list and it's over forever. You can do it tomorrow. But I think those big things, those highlight things that you're talking about, those are the things that you feel like these are really important right now and I might not be able to do them tomorrow. Or I really just want to get these done today because they're going to give me satisfaction and joy. So I love how you're reframing that because I think society in general, we've become very like, get this done, be done with this, cross this off, and then you will be happy. And that's not necessarily how it works. So this is going to take a little work from me to reframe, but I love it. I'm excited. Yes. Society, like if we don't do something, if we don't intercede, society will kind of turn us into another robot arm on the factory floor, you know, just like cranking out whatever mm -hmm. widgets as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. That's productivity. I mean, if you think the word productivity, sort of the definition is like producing as much as fast as you can. And it's great if we can be purposeful instead of productive. Ah, and I, I love I'll, it. You've got lots yeah. of great catchphrases. I'm, I'm writing them all <laughs> you down. You should write a book. You, oh, <laughs> that's right. But Liz, we're so smart. Um, okay, so... Everything on your laser list, we pretty much yeah. relate to. You've got everything from emails and phones. And I'll be honest, like we've talked a lot about emails and phones. But one of the things that struck me were your feelings about television, which I find fascinating. You had a lot of things to say about TV, which, you know, like I expected the emails. I expected the phones. Talk a little bit about television because <laughs> I am so sure. guilty of this. I'm guilty of these things. Well, I mean, look. I love television and I just at some point realized that I couldn't handle my love for it. Like it's just too good. And if I have unfettered access to it, that's what I'll do. It was just invisible to me, you know, because I grew up with television as a family. We'd eat dinner in front of TV and like everything. And I mean, my parents are very like carrying into me and everything, but that was just, was just sort of what we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I always had a TV, but I realized at some point it kind of coincides with this like, oh my God, like all the defaults are not serving me. I'm serving them. Was this realization that I wanted to write. And if I was going to write, I need to make that time from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I was giving a lot of that time away to TV, either because it was just on in the evening 
when I actually was sort of free or because it kept me up late, you know, because I couldn't stop watching and then uh-huh. kind of impacted my sleep yeah. and hurt my energy the next day. Yeah. Yes. So yes. Um, the, the solution actually came about by accident, but we had moved out of the country and then moved back and didn't have a TV. And for some reason, we decided to get a projector instead of a TV. Like oh. we got some deal on like a projector. And what happened was the projector would be in the closet. And so every time that we had to use it, it was a big production. Like that you got to go so to the funny. closet and get it out and <laughs> plug it in and set it up. And I mean, honestly, it's great because we still can watch stuff. We just have to think about it a bit more. So mm-hmm. I have to be like, okay, is this movie like really worth it? Because it's going to take me 10 minutes to set it up. Uh, and then when we do, it's super special, super fun. If we play video games on it or like watch a movie, it's a fun thing, but it's a special treat. It's not the default. Gotcha. You know, I hadn't thought about it till just now, but I don't find like it's a huge distraction for me. I love TV. I'm a big entertainment watcher. You know, I fit it in when it makes sense. But yeah. But now that you mention it... What stopped me probably from watching more is like the damn remote controls. Like that it takes like three different and an expert lesson and tutorial to try to get it to switch from like the Nintendo over to the cable and between that and the Bluetooth where you can watch the DVD. Like it's it's a process. And so you really have to sit down and be very mindful when you're like, we are going to watch a show because it's not as simple as like when I was a kid and you just, you know, flipped a switch and it was on. So actually it's funny now that you mentioned that. Sometimes I feel like, okay, it's an obstacle to get through. Do I want to do this? Oh, I have no obstacles. (laughs) There there are no obstacles. Now, I don't have a television in my bedroom. That's one thing we don't, but we do have a TV and it is certainly like that is what I go to. And yes, I actually want to be writing and I know I should be reading, but it's like, oh, the shows. It's like a bright, shiny thing with stories inside that I just want to, it it calls me. (laughs) And I think everybody has their own thing. Like I think for a lot of moms, it's probably social media or mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or like you said, that kind of Pavlovian response to getting a text or getting an email or getting Mm -hmm. a DM or a Facebook notification pops up. Like I think it's all that little stuff for me when I need to write. I just literally shut down all my tabs and then that's it. And I'm not tempted to look at anything else. You know, we probably all have our Jake's TV. TV or whatever the thing is that's like <laughs> sucking time from us. And I think it's good to like be mindful and think about what that is. Well, yeah. the, the lucky thing for everyone else is that I have zero self-control. Everything is my thing. Like I have that problem with TV. I have that problem with video games. I have that problem with social media, with the news. Everything is like so irresistible for me that I have to figure out how to like yeah. protect myself all the time. So, so yeah, so you can kind of look at the book as like, hey, there's something for everybody, but probably you don't need all of the stuff I do because you're probably not as, you know, as weak as I am. But if you happen to match one of my problems, then you can try one of my solutions and see what you think. I wouldn't call you weak, Jake. I would say you're engaged. Engaged. Logically so nice. engaged. Look at you. You're I like, like highlight, laser, Well, you know, he engaged. had a 10-year career at Google. I'm not going to say he's like weak for technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's also something about engaging, you know, like it's so passive, right? Television, not when you watch with Liz, let's be honest here. If you watch television with Liz, it's not passive. Oh, yeah, we are active watchers. <laughs> they are not you would think TV we're watchers. like reading novels. We stop and then we're like, let's research that word a let's, little more. <laughs> let's talk more. Can someone grab the dictionary so we can look at what they said? But in our house, it's pretty passive. And I think that there's a fine line between like you watch a show and it's entertaining and you're like, I'm really glad I spent my time doing that. And then it's like, oh, I just have to watch it. And then it's midnight and you have to wake up at five and you're like, why did I do this to myself? And you talk a lot about mornings, right? Like your mornings are so productive. Well, you know what I mean? So then you you mess up with your mornings when you stay up too late. Well, actually, my co-author's mornings are productive. Mine are not. He's a morning person and he's made himself a morning person, but he doesn't have kids. 
kids. And having kids, I mean, I do a lot in the mornings, but I mean, any parent knows like you're probably not getting a ton of work done in the morning unless you're waking up super, super early. And as soon as I wake up, I wake up everyone else because we don't have a large home. So like it's just a chain reaction. Still, though, if you don't start the day off right, it'll ruin everything. And if I don't sleep well, then I'm kind of cranky all day and useless kind of from lunch on. So it's all it's all connected, which is why these little experiments are so important. So, you know, as long as we're talking about kind of all these exciting things that we engage with and all the things we like to multitask with, what do you tell folks or parents in particular who really do need to multitask to survive like us? Like we're always doing eight zillion things at once. We're small business owners and entrepreneurs. And, you know, we're like those old American Express commercials where they're like, you make the coffee and you pay the bills and you build the website and you're doing the HTML coding. Like that's us. So what do you tell parents who need to multitask between work and home and friends and kids and everything to survive when we're juggling so much? I mean, I love the idea of shutting the door. That sounds great, but that's not always feasible for everyone. So what's a plan B? Yeah. So I totally hear you because I work from home and there are lots of times when I cannot shut the door. And in fact, we just got a puppy, which is a kind of a little like micro flashback to having an infant. Yes, it is. um, Yes, it is. And and like (laughs) his bark is just, it's an adorable little bark, but you can hear that no matter where you are. Like that just goes right into your skull, whatever you're trying to do, you're going to pay attention to him. So I think it's important to acknowledge that make time is not a magic solution. And I, I don't think, I don't think there is one out there. You know, mm-hmm. nobody has a magic wand to kind of add hours to the clock or to eliminate obligations or clear the calendar. But what I've heard from folks who have read the book and find it valuable is that for them, one of the most important messages is this idea that it's okay to back off a bit can help you do things that are the most important. And so if I'm not trying to stay on top of my email all day long and the news all day and saying yes to every meeting, like if I just create a bit of space, it obviously feels good, but it actually like improves my results. And so mm. if I acknowledge that, hey, I, if I just do this one thing today, I'm not going to beat myself up about the other 99. It's not a silver bullet, but it does make me feel better about more of my days. When I had these increasing demands of being a parent coming along with sort of increasing demands from work, and that is the nature of life. The longer you live, the more responsibilities you accumulate. Mm-hmm. By backing off on some of those and letting some of that stuff slip and saying, I'm going to be really intentional each day about picking something to focus on, it meant that I started being more careful with my time and treating it with more respect, like it was more valuable. And so I started to do the things that I was otherwise putting off, like trying to write a book or this process at Google that led to me sort of working with companies like Slack and 23andMe, you guys mentioned at the beginning, and um, then led, led to this book. It's sort of about doing less, like just saying, okay, I'm going to like forgive myself for more stuff and let a few more things slide and and not multitask because Mm -hmm. multitasking is like a trick. We can't really do it. It feels like we're juggling, but we're we're not. We're just kind of, you know, whacking ourselves with all of those hammers that we're juggling. I don't know, the metaphor kind of fell apart. No, it's good. I mean, it's (laughs) good to reframe it. I mean, we've talked a lot about this in college and grad school. I kind of prided myself on the fact that I was a multitasker. I'm like, look at how much I can do. And I think it causes so many people stress. It can, you know, hurt you physically and emotionally when you're doing all those things and not really feeling like you're ever getting anything done. And you're still going to have those tomorrow. Like we said, there's really no satisfaction in joy per se. So for me, I'm just going to have to really reframe 
that idea of like one amazing thing, like you said, that highlight, it does come back to that highlight is so important. That one amazing thing, maybe not is amazing to everybody else, but is amazing to you. Yeah. Getting that done and then know that the other stuff is still going to be there. You can do it tomorrow. It's okay. Yeah, totally. It's a big, big deal to just figure out what's important to you. Even that can be hard, even knowing like what matters to me. And once you have that conversation with yourself, make that decision, I do think things get better, even if it doesn't flip the switch and make everything easy. Things get better. I think that's a great place to end. <laughs> I love that. So Jake, Jake Knapp, K-N-A-P-P, tell us where we can find you besides the Jake Knapp com website if our listeners are looking for you or more info from you or great advice or your book where can we find you if you want to hear more of me rambling and i'm very long-winded i have a podcast called product breakfast club that you can listen to um, there's a make time app coming out so if you go to maketimebook.com there'll be information about that that's the best place to look for me. I do have a Twitter account, but I'm trying to make myself not use Twitter so much. So if he doesn't get back to you on Twitter, that's a sign that his method is working. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And your book is called Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. All right. So you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week, right? That's right. I absolutely will. Awesome. Okay. So we will get to those right after this. So, Kristen, when I learned that our brand new sponsor is Snap Divorce, I had like, I don't know, an entire comedy routine that came to mind immediately. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how far do we go with this? Well, you know, I know a little something about divorces. Yes, I, I would think a lot of our listeners do too. And yes, it's serious, but it can also be a good thing and a joyful thing. The one thing I do know for sure is that it can be like a really hellish process, especially, you know, in those like early horrible days. And so I just love the idea of anyone that it's going to encourage mediation and making things easy and less expensive because, God, you guys, if I can tell you one thing, if you're getting divorced, like now, in the future, one day <laughs> when you get married and then 20 years later it doesn't work out, please don't give all your money to lawyers. Save it for your kids' college education and go to snapdivorce.com because they will make it so much easier and less expensive. I mean, I wish I had this. Seriously, I wish I had this not only with my divorce, but also, ironically, I just went to talk to a lawyer in my town and spent a few hundred dollars on it. And I could have gone to Snap Divorce because it turns out they're in my town too, Liz. I know. What are the chances? I That's know. Crazy. But if you don't have to be in my town to utilize their services, which I think is awesome, you can go to their website, snapdivorce.com. They've got alternatives to traditional divorce litigation. And I know there are lots of families out there that have used mediation. It can be a really positive experience. You do not want to litigate. Yes. Basically. That's my advice. Do not litigate, mediate. I'm like Johnny Cochran here. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Well, listen, they make the divorce process as simple as possible for their clients, which it can be very difficult. It can take a long time. So I love that they are really trying to make this easier. You can resolve with mediation. It can reduce stress and it can actually lead to better results. So that's definitely something to consider. Yeah. And really all like jokes aside, yes. it really can be a brutal process. And anybody who's out there to like make it easier and less expensive, it's a very, very good, important service and definitely worth checking well, out. Well, I'm the expert on divorce because I've been divorced twice. So <laughs> if you're going to listen to anyone, <laughs> listen to me. But at least those two were the last two. It'll never happen again. Unfortunately, you won't get to use Snap Divorce yourself because you're in it for the long haul. That's now. true. Thanks, Ben. That's true. That's true. Well, listen, if you need some help or you just want to talk about the process, get more information and learn about divorce mediation through Snap Divorce, head over to their website. That's snapdivorce.com. And if you don't need it and you're happily married, 
awesome. All right, well, we're back with Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Jake, you're our guest, so you get to go first. Okay, sticking to the topic of time, my Cool Pick of the Week, and this might be my Cool Pick of any week for me, is the Time Timer. <laughs> it's what it sounds like. It's a physical timer. It's like a little clock, and it has a dial that you can turn and you can see as time elapses. So it comes in a 60-minute version, a 20-minute version, a 5-minute version, and it was originally created for children in schools, but it works really great in meetings. That's where I've used it for most of my experience with the Time Timer. I have one on my desk at home. I have one in the living room. I don't know this. It, so it's like an alarm? I'm looking it up right now. Is it like an alarm, like a countdown clock? Yeah, it beeps at the end, but it's a physical clock. Like the dial is physical. So as you turn the handle, you see this red or whatever color it is on that particular timer. Oh yeah, it's dial, very visual. Like, come out. Yeah, it's so, so great. And if you're doing something with your kids, it's a great way to show them like how long we have until we need to leave or how long we're going to be playing until I have to go do this thing or whatever. It really makes also adults aware of time. So if you're in a meeting and you set the timer for however long the meeting is, is people tend to talk a little faster, which is helpful. Um, yeah, it's, it's magic. <laughs> it's totally magic, and I, I love that. highly recommend it. What's the law? You'll know this. I always forget the name of the law that says that work takes as much time as time that you have. Oh, yeah. Like, if you have yes. one hour for a meeting, yep. you can get it yep. done in an hour, but if you have a two-and-a-half-hour meeting scheduled, it will take two-and-a-half hours. I can never remember the name of that. Oh, I'm going to have to go look it oh, up. I can't Wikipedia. remember it either. But, yeah, like, God. that's so good for that. And, and I guess the idea also is then that way you're not using your phone and you can not keep glancing at your phone. Wow, they do. They have a timer for any duration. <laughs> oh, these are big. Kristen, we've never seen this before. This no. is like a cool pick that's I'm cool so and excited. I love timers. I worked with kids with special needs and it's oftentimes used with kids with autism and special needs in various yeah. settings. And so I've always used timers. And then someone just told me you can use timers on Alexa, like multiple timers. But I do really feel like that visual is so important. There's something about saying... Alexa, set the timer, and then it's like gone. Right, yeah. For me, it's so key. <laughs> and then you don't really know. It just goes right out of my head if I can't yep. see it. That's yep. a fantastic yep. pick. I'm really excited to write that up for our listeners. I know. I'm and by the way, that. all of you can hear everything we talked yes. about today, including these cool picks and lots more about Jake on coolmompicks.com. Just click on our podcast page. Okay, Liz, what do you got? I'm up. All right. Yes. So I know we've been talking about Netflix. So I'm, I'm in a Netflix frame of mind, as always. Um, so now, first of all, after the Golden Globes, of course, I always have like 8 million new things I have to watch. And I know you mentioned to me that I have to watch the Kaminsky Method. Everyone yes. loves it. I have not seen it yet. So maybe by next week, that'll be my cool pick. But right now, I have to recommend Dairy Girls. I told Ben. It I told my husband about it right away. awesome. Okay. Let me tell you this. The show currently has a 100% critics rating and 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that wow. never Crazy. happens. You might have wow. to pull out your projector for that one, Jake. I know. I <laughs> Jake, might, I might. Like, dedicate one hour once a week or whatever. You don't have to binge it all at once. It is so darn funny. So it's basically a group of high school girls. It was originally... A BBC show, a group of high school girls in like 1990 Ireland during the height of the like strife that was going on in Ireland and the bombings and stuff. But it is so hilarious and darkly funny, and 
every single one of these girls is a riot. It's like an earmuff show, <laughs> not for the kids. Um, <laughs> an earmuff show. <laughs> but I don't. I like don't even want to say anything else because you should just watch okay. it and enjoy it and not know anything. But the after the first episode, I looked at John and I said, I cannot believe this is the funniest thing I've probably watched in years. And I, I was oh, not wow. I'm gonna have to make time for this. Can this be my highlight tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, it can. It can. Oh my gosh, the soundtrack. If you're into like '80s and early '90s music, like a lot of oh. Dropkick Murphys, and oh, it's so good. Oh. It's Really good. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in a make time tactic for people here because I'm gonna oh, watch this okay. show. Oh, but what I okay. have what I'm gonna do is and this is something that's unadvertised, but you can do this. You can sign up for Netflix because I can't handle unfettered access to Netflix. So ah. I'm gonna just sign up, reactivate my account. I'll pay for one month and then I immediately cancel it. And they charge you for one month. I have it active for one month and then it just disappears after the month is over. Oh, so I do that whenever good. there's a show and then I'm not on the hook forever because as you guys know, I can't handle it. Oh, that's great. That's actually that's really, really great to know because you're not alone. There are a lot of people that cannot have unfettered access to like Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix and all of that's those. That's also a good money saving tip. It is it a good is. money saving tip. Sometimes it's probably cheaper to get like HBO Go for one month than to yeah. pay for all of Game of Thrones on Amazon or whatever. That's true. Good point. <laughs> Okay, well, my cool pick is also kind of like Jake's in that it is on theme with the show. And I mentioned it briefly, but I wanted to give a shout out to Caroline, our writer over on Cool Mom Tech, who did an entire series called Curb Your Screen Addiction. And I think some of the things we've seen in Make Time in your book, Jake. So just to help parents, because we're so focused on our kids' screen time and we forget, like they're looking at us. And so when we're telling them to get off their phone as we stand there with our hand on our phone, like not a good thing. (laughs) So we talk about everything from putting your phone into grayscale, taking away the color, which actually works really well, to something we learned from another podcast guest, Anya Kamenetz, who wrote The Art of Screen Time, where I guess a friend of hers told her to just say what you're doing on your phone out loud. So like if you're checking email, say I'm checking email or I'm writing a text and it sounds ridiculous, but it actually (laughs) explains to your kids what you're doing. And it also holds you accountable because like, what do you do when you're on Facebook for like two hours? Oh, still looking at someone's breakfast, you know, (laughs) (laughs) still reading someone's, you know, funny quote. So that's a good pick. It's a really good series. And I love that like each post just addresses one simple trick that you can try to adjust screen addictions. And it may not even be an addiction. You may just want to cut back a little bit, but it's very good, sound, simple advice. So I love that. that. Saying stuff out loud is actually, I mean, it does sound silly, but it's not so hard to change the culture within your family, within your like little family, right? You right. know, and, and say like, hey, when we're on the phone, we say what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you, yeah, if you start doing that and your kids will start doing it too, or you'll make it okay to ask them, that seems like a great tip. I love that. You should listen to that podcast episode. It's really good. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> so a great might be one. A whole we did book that one. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and Anya just wrote an article that's out on NPR that was really inspiring to me. I believe she was interviewing Jordan Shapiro, who also has a book that's related to screen time and kids and some very interesting things about digital parenting, especially for those of us. I'm not sure how old you are, Jake, but, you know, Liz and I, like, we still have a foot in, like, the 80s and 90s. And then we're in, you know, we're we're trying to bridge that gap when we're parenting digital natives when we kind of still remember, like, cassette tapes. (laughs) So I think (laughs) I think it's a it's an interesting approach. So anyway, shout out to those two. And uh, yeah, if you want to find more info about all our cool 
cool picks, as well as Jake's book, everything we talked about, head over to Cool Mom Picks to our Spawned podcast page. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us in a whole new year for another episode of Spawn. Spawn 2019. Woohoo! Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, for making us all sound good. And listen, we love to hear from you. Please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. In fact, you can do it right now while you're listening. And be sure to download our episodes. And hey, it's 2019. You know what you're supposed to do in 2019, Liz? I, I know it's the year of the pig. Is this related to that? That's all I know. No, but that was good. Good job. Thank you. No, actually, I was just going to say it's the year to tell all of your friends that you listen to Spawns and that it's awesome. That is a very uh, Chinese pig-like thing to do, Is by it? the way. It'll bring you um, good fortune for all of 2019 if you spread the word about podcasts. I know I read that somewhere. Okay. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So <laughs> let, let your friends know about Spawn. Make sure they subscribe, too. And thank you so much for listening. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.